Hey everyone, welcome and thanks for tuning into our podcast. So today we're in this series called Endless Summer and this message won't be endless, but it's gonna be um, refreshingly good. Hello, look at your neighbor and tell him, say, get ready, get ready. Psalm chapter 23, this is the last installment. If you come on Wednesday night, we're gonna jump into Psalm 78. But Psalm chapter 23 says this, say this first line with me, say, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it again. Lord is my shepherd. One more time. The Lord is my shepherd. Pastor, why are you saying that? Because I want you to get the revelation that this whole, all six verses all stem from the fact that David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Verse six, here's where we're focusing on today. Highlight this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David is framing something for us today. He's showing us what his expectation is. And everyone has certain expectations. If you're taking notes today, the, the simplicity of this message is this, an endless summer has endless expectations. An endless summer has endless expectations because there is no limit to what God can do in you and through you and around you. Why? Because He is limitless. So let's pray over this word today. Father, we love you. We thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that it is your word. Let your word speak to us, God. God, may pastor's opinions uh, just, just move aside, God. And Lord, let us hear what you have to say to us. God, challenge our faith. Encourage us to have greater expectations. Jesus' mighty name. If you love him, say amen today. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Come on, look at somebody around you and tell him, say, get ready. So when it comes to expectation, let's, let's, let's talk about what expectations are. The word expectation is a strong belief, a strong belief, not a wimpy belief, not a pitiful belief, but a strong belief. Like, if I'm expecting it, I'm looking for it. This is what the word means, a strong belief that something will happen, something will happen or be the case in the future. All of us have expectations. Every person in this room has expectations. If you're a Jaguars fan, your expectation is that they will. There's always two or three haters in the house. You need Jesus, okay? Let's do this again. If you're a Jaguars fan, this year, your expectation is they will. Oh my goodness. Oh. So when it comes to expectations, I mean, we all have them. I mean, I mean, Thursday night was not a great expectation, but hey, here we go. If, it's, if you're a parent in the building, your expectation for your son or your daughter is for them to get good grades and every parent on the planet cut clapping a little bit. Come on now. Seem like that's gonna take a lot of faith, Pastor. But, but when it comes to expectation, your expectation that they excel. If you're a teacher, guess what? Your expectation is this. There will be challenges this year. And some of those challenges are gonna be sitting in your room. And those challenges, guess what, are no match for the creator of the universe. 
He's still greater. Do you believe he's greater? Come on now. If you're, if you're single in the building, all my single folks in the building, guess what? Your expectation is that love, love is on the way. Come on now. That God is gonna send Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright or whoever she is or he is. Why? Because love is what we're designed for. Somebody like, are you kidding me? No, Jesus and, or God himself looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm gonna make somebody for you. And he brings woman to him. And all the men in the house started shouting a little bit. Come on now. I gave you a point, okay? Just really to, to help your wife out or if you're, okay, here we go. Let's go on. Okay, tough crowd today. Okay, so when it comes to expectation, now when it comes to being married, ooh, married folks, what's your expectation? Ooh. Come on, think about it. what's my expectation when it comes to being married. Some of you have very little expectations about being married. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Let me, let me talk about my expectations as a pastor. Some people are like, what's your expectation, pastor? Here's my expectation, that people will walk in this room messed up and walk out of this room changed. That people will walk in this room hopeless and walk out of this room full of hope. That people will walk in this room purposeless and walk out with purpose. That people will come into this place and they will laugh. Everyone laugh a little bit. Just like first service. Come on, let me help you out. Four people told me I had my prison pants on. Now you're going to laugh, all right? There you go. Come on now. I think people ought to laugh. I think they'll have good coffee. I think they'll have great community. I think I, my expectation is they'll worship. My expectation is they'll give. My expectation is they'll join a serve team. My expectation is this. You'll go to a small group. Why? Because what we do in circles is a whole lot better than what we do in rows. Only for people, come on, check your circle. Some of you are hanging around some people and like, I need a better circle. Get in a small group, start talking about God's word and, and let that circle frame and shape the community of faith that you're in. Then when you're in a, row, in a row, lift up your hands. Come on, everyone, lift up your hands. Come on, shout one time. Come on, do that again, shout one time. You know what we do in rows? We set the atmosphere for, for the impossible to be possible. We set the atmosphere for God to show up and anoint this place. When we do what? When we worship. When you worship, sometimes, listen, this is not even my message. Sometimes it's really not about you worshiping. It's about that person on the road that got God's presence comes and invades the space that they're in. Somebody on your road, look down your road. Somebody on your road needs more of Jesus. Somebody on your road is looking through, they're going through some stuff. But guess what? When we worship, heaven invades this place. My expectation, listen, my expectation is God will fill this building three times, four times, five times. I can see it in my spirit. I sit over here on some um, Saturdays and, and, and early mornings on Tuesday, and I look across the building, and I go, it ain't big enough, God. And he always tells me, yeah, it's not big enough. It's okay. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just following you. And because when we follow him, guess what? Greater things happen. Let that sink in a little bit. It comes down to the fact that we've got to realize that when we look at the story, David is framing an expectation. He's showing us and he's reflecting back over his life. Remember, if you've been listening to this series, this is a moment in David's life when he's probably the king and he's looking back over his life and he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd because he saw moments that God led him. And he's saying in this moment that, man, his goodness and his mercy surrounded me when I followed him. And I'm going to spend the rest of my days in this earth and beyond with him. How many are going to spend eternity with Jesus? See, it's our expectation that we've got to measure sometimes and realize that, that sometimes the struggle we have 
is either with a misplate when we misplace our expectations or we have unmet expectations. Misplace them is when we put them in the wrong person, hello, or put them in the wrong thing and we put everything in that person and everything in that thing. Let me help you out, ain't nobody perfect. If you are brand new in this church and you put all your expectations in a man or a woman that stands on the stage, let me help you out. Every single time that person is gonna show humanity because nobody's perfect. But I wanna encourage you, there's a God in heaven that wants you to place your expectations. Stop looking at the person and start looking at heaven and saying, God, my expectation is in heaven. My expectation is towards you. My expectation is you got more. My expectation is there is absolutely nothing in this world that is too great for you to handle. Do you believe that today? Well, that's a great place to shout amen. That's a great place to clap a little bit. That's a great place to say, my God is greater. So when it comes to our expectation, we, what we expect, is what we prepare for. And whatever you prepare for is what you make space for. So what are you making space for? Expectation is what I believe is the place where you make space for more. Your expectation will cause you to make some space. Some of you got some clutter in your life and you need to declutter your life. Some of you got some things in your life that are, that are, that you don't have space for God to move and you're like, I'm just too busy. It's like my garage. I'm telling you, it is like taking over with stuff. There's a point where my wife won't even be able to put her car in. It's just getting too tight. I'm going to wait till it gets cooler. Okay. And I'm going to what? I'm going to declutter that baby and I'm going to throw out some things. How many know sometimes you just got to throw out some junk? You know what I'm saying? Come on, Clive, you understand what I'm saying? I hope you're getting this. When we have unmet expectations or, or misplaced expectations, misplaced. Sometimes we, we place expectations on someone. When you got married, where's all married folks? Wave at me if you're married, come on now. The day that you got married, the day that I got married, I thought, man, love is, this is it. Oh, everything's gonna be great from this point on. And then you move in together. And then you see things you never saw before. You smell things you've never smelled before. You experience things, you're like, oh my goodness. You gotta realize that, that marriage is not an event, marriage is a lifestyle. Marriage is not a transaction, marriage is a relationship. The journey that I'm on, hello? I need to understand that, that my expectation is that Jesus is the center of my marriage. He's the one that's in control. Hey, we're gonna walk through some junk together. We're gonna walk through some disagreements sometimes. We're gonna walk through some mess sometimes, why? Because we're human. We all have personalities. Some, some ladies in this room have personality like, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that, you're gonna put that toilet seat down, you're gonna, it's taken her 29 years to change me. There is still some junk that has not been changed. And I'm like, get over it. She has though, she looks at me and says, man, I'm just, I, let's go on, okay. I've done meddling there. So when it comes, but here we go. Some, some of you have some expectations that are misplaced. And if you misplace them, you're gonna be frustrated. Some of you have expectations that are unmet. We have this expectation that, oh my goodness, this is gonna fulfill me. And what happens is it falls short every single time because it's unmet, because you've placed it in the wrong person or the wrong place. See, Hebrews chapter 11, if we, if we wanna look at, um, expectation when it comes about your faith. Faith is this, look at Hebrews chapter 11, 1. faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a measure of expectation. 
When we, when we have faith, you know what we're doing? We're expecting something. We're stepping into something. We're not sitting there going, okay, bring it, God. We stand here and go, bring it, God. We fail to remember that there's a part that we play in this thing called faith. We have to take a step. We have to do what? It's the, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So if it's not seen, if I, if I live my life under the premise that I have to see it before I believe it, Guess what, one day you're gonna see Jesus and he's gonna say every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Don't wait till that day. Let me help you out. You're like, I wanna see Jesus. Look at me right quick. He lives in me. He lives in the person next to you. If they love Jesus, he does. We gotta realize that he has revealed enough to us so that we can have the faith to step into it. So you're like, you mean, you mean I have to do something? Look at it. James 2.20. It says, faith without works is dead. So you have to realize that I have to play a part of this thing. There has to be a moment that I step into it. Let's be real practical for a minute. For all our, 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 our single people that are in the building, when it comes to making space, when it comes to taking that step of faith, we got to realize that if you're single, what are you making space for? Are we really making space for, for that person to come in? Or have we Put, build our lives in such a way that, that there is no space for that relationship. There is no space for that person. What are you saying, pastor? God has somebody for you, but if we don't make space and say, okay, God, I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna start praying for that person. I'm gonna start believing for that person. I'm gonna start stepping towards that person. I'm gonna start, you know what I'm saying? So you're like, are you kidding me, pastor? Lean in just a little bit. I have met more couples in this room that met online than anybody else on the planet. There's a couple in this room that I met. They love each other. It's amazing. They said, hey, we met on this site. It's, it's just, we don't know how else we would have, but we are in love. I'm like, that's God. It doesn't always happen that way. But what do we do? We make space for it. Whatever we make space for, God can actually fill that space. When it comes to, let's be practical about what we're making space for. The very first house that I bought, how many's, how many's done this before? where you sit in the room, the closing documents are like a book and this guy pulls out this stack of paper like this and he goes, sign this, sign this, sign this, sign this. You have no idea what you're signing. Am I signing my, this is for this and this is for this and this is for this and this is for this. And he says all these things, you have no idea what they are and you're like, should I read? it take you four years to read the documents that you're signing before you close on this thing. But before you ever get to that room, you have to make space for it. The first house that I bought, we were like, we're gonna buy a house, it's here in Jacksonville. And I started looking at neighborhoods that I knew that I could afford to live in. And my wife's like, I wanna live over here. And I'm like, hey, I know what I make and I know what that is and there's a gap. There's somewhere in between that's not gonna work out. And we're like, no, and, and I was to the point like, I'm not even gonna go look. But one day I said, all right, I'll go with you. We went and looked. I was like, wow, I could see myself in this house. It was a 1,200 square foot house. It wasn't a big house. I, I understood that, that, that in that moment that the interest rates during those days were like in seven, eight percent, they're really high. And I was like, this is crazy. There's no way I could afford this thing. And I applied for a first time home buyer thing and I was like, woo, woo, I'm gonna get this thing. And the guy looked at me and he said, son, you just make too much money. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He said, $500, too much. So I'm like, all right, we're gonna keep moving forward. Went to another bank and like, okay, we can do it, but you're gonna have to pay us X amount of dollars. And this is what your, your, your house payment's gonna be. And I'm like, that's too much money. But we get close to the closing and the first guy called me back and said, pastor, 
Guess what? They just changed the law. They raised it $750 and you can get that house. I said, I'm gonna close in about a week. He said, here's what you gotta do. Go to this class. They'll teach you how to buy a house. I know what I'm buying. He goes, just go there, get this piece of paper. When we showed up at closing, they gave me an interest rate was 5.68%. It was like two or three points lower than the normal. He said, all you gotta do is pay me $500 because the city pays the rest. Oh, that's a great place to celebrate. Come on now. So what, what are you saying, pastor? Here's what I'm saying. I never would have been in that position if I didn't take the step into that house. I never would have got to the closing if I never would have said, okay, God, I'm gonna make some space. I'm gonna start going. I'm gonna start looking. There are so many different houses out there we can look at. But sometimes we, we don't, we, we think, well, that's not for me. But here's what you gotta realize. Who is your shepherd? You gotta realize that the creator of the universe is your shepherd. God guide me, God lead me. He'll take you to a house and say, uh-uh, don't do that. You don't need to do that. That's way beyond, no, that's not for you right now. But if we just say, okay, everything's not for me, then what happens? Then we settle for right where we are. And I wanna encourage you, build some expectation. Okay, God, I need to grow this year. Okay, God, I need you to do greater in life. I've got to do what I've got to start taking some steps towards him. When you look at this passage, you see that David is like in first verse, he's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But then he has the confidence in verse six and he says, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's a level of expectation that he has in his life. Why? Because in verse one he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And when he says he's a shepherd, he's the one that's guiding him and leading him. The simple truth is this, a greater revelation leads to a greater expectation. David's revelation was the Lord is his shepherd. Maybe you need to tell yourself every day, the Lord's my shepherd, the Lord's my shepherd, he's my shepherd, he's the one who put me here, he's got a plan for me. Sometimes you gotta remind yourself over and over and, not, and then attach your faith to the revelation and realize that goodness, mercy, and heaven are following me. Oh, that's a great expectation to have. David is like, these are my two expectations. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The problem is, what you gotta ask yourself is, What's following you? If David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me, then David was recognizing something that was following his life. Have you ever been around people when what's following them is only drama? When what's around them is just conflict and drama and, and negativity and, and you're like, they're like, man, what's wrong with them? Maybe the question isn't why there's so much drama them. Maybe the question you need to ask yourself is who's the shepherd? Who, who, are they, who are they following? Because whoever we follow, that's what'll be on our lives. Whoever we follow, that's the one that, what, what's on them is gonna be in us. And David says this, David says that goodness and mercy is gonna follow me. The word mercy there, it's a covenant word. It means steadfast love. And what David, if you look in the context, David is, is saying, I'm sitting at this table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. David is talking about this meal and he's saying goodness and mercy. Mercy is steadfast love. It's a covenant word. When the Old Testament times, when someone would sit down at a meal together, what they were saying is this is all about loyalty. This is a covenant that comes out of it. This is called steadfast love because when you sat down at a meal together, it communicated something. And when David said, wait a minute, in the presence of my enemies, he prepared this meal. 
And when I see all this stuff around me that's in enemies, but the thing that I notice is that goodness and mercy are following me every day of my lives. The thing we've got to realize is this. We've got to, we really need to inspect what we expect. We really need to take a look at what your expectations are. Have you ever inspected what you expect? Because if we inspect what we expect, we might find that some of our expectations are just misplaced. Some of our expectations are just unmet. Some of our expectations are, are way beyond what, what reality is. But if we, start if we start just inspecting it. Now, when I was 11 years old, my dad taught me how to wash our, wash our, our car. <laughs> this was an amazing experience. He had this, I don't know, it was this gold Cadillac. It was a really long Cadillac. And when you're 11 years old, you're like, he's like, I want you to wash this car. Now, his expectation and my expectations were two different planets. His expectation is that car would be washed and it would be perfect and it would be clean. My expectation is I want to get paid. My expectation is what's in it for me. You got kids like that? You want me to wash your car? How much? Who's got one like that? Come on now. You want me to, you want to pick weeds around the house? How much? It's like, it's like this entitlement. Let's not go there. It's like this attitude that's like, you owe me something. But, but my expectation was like, okay, I'll do this, but what are you going to do for me? And then dad would come out and inspect it. And he walked out and he'd see that, you know, he didn't want any streaks. There was, as, you just, as a kid, you just wash as quick as you can. It's done. Get me, I'm paid. Time. Let's go. There's a generation like that. But, 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 it's, but we're like, okay, get paid. But then he comes back. He goes, no, it's not good enough. Do it again. And then he came back a second time. No, it's not good enough. Do it again. Came back a third time. No, it's not good enough. Do it again. Why? His expectation was perfection. And my expectation is what's in it for me. See, this is what we do to church sometimes. We walk into church and our expectation is perfection. Our expectation is, is this thing needs to perfectly fit what it is. Can I help you out? If it's perfect, then we don't need anything. And the way I see it is all of us are messed up and all of us need Jesus. So the moment that we step inside the church and we're like, okay, my expectations haven't been met, it's because we place our expectation on perfection rather than on Jesus. And Jesus is still working with all of us. How many glad he's still working with you? Sometimes when it comes to your faith, you've got to look at what you're expecting and say, okay, God, help me to see what you see. Because the simple truth is this. When expectation is fueled by the simple revelation that the Lord is my shepherd, then anything's possible. Anything's possible. When we look at the scripture and say, okay, the Lord is my shepherd, then anything can happen. Here, let me help you, let me help you build some expectation. Pastor Lewis, come on up here. This is our youth pastor. Give him a hand as he comes up. So, I'm the shepherd, okay? I'm gonna play the role of the shepherd, and he's gonna play the role of the sheep, all right? So, wherever the shepherd goes, the sheep are supposed to follow, right? Come on now, we, we, we just, you know, we're like, you stay close, okay, there you go, come on. Wherever we go, they follow. This is, this is, this is the, the beauty of what David's saying. David's saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm going to stay close to him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to go where he is because when I go where he is, that's when I'm going to find fulfillment. That's when he's going to provide different things. But the moment we switch positions, a lot of us switch the position and we think the Lord is my shepherd and guess what? He walks in a different direction. And we think this, oh, this was my plan. Oh, I had a plan for this. Oh, I prayed about this thing, kinda. Oh, I didn't even talk to anybody. I didn't have any wise counsel about this thing, but, but the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going this way. Guess what? God's got a greater plan for you. We've just gotta stay in tune and say, okay, I'm gonna follow the Lord. 
I'm going to follow him. I need two more people. Where, Nick, come on up here. Come on up. Mr. Crawford, come on up. Come on, come on, come on. Run, run, run. Here you go. Here you go. Come on. Give it up for these two gentlemen here, right here. They're going to love this. Absolutely. Okay. So come on, your goodness. Come on over here. And he's mercy, okay? Stand right next to him, all right? This is goodness, and this is mercy. David wants you to see something. He wants you to see that you're never alone in this thing. That, oh yeah, I've got the Lord, and the Lord is my shepherd. But here's the thing. Okay, if I'm the Lord, and the Lord is my shepherd, then I've got mercy, and I've got goodness. They got my back. Everywhere I went, he's reflecting over his life. He had been in battles, he had been in situations, and he's telling you, hey, wait a minute, surely goodness and mercy. I just sat at a table in the presence of my enemies, but what I'm seeing is what he wants you to see. David wants you to see that the goodness and mercy are gonna follow me all the days of my life. So wherever the Lord leads, that's where goodness leads. Wherever the Lord leads, that's where mercy leads. Come on now. Wherever the Lord leads, that's when we understand the goodness and mercy will pursue us. You don't go alone. It'll pursue you. And when you realize it, that you're not alone in this thing, that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. You don't have to fear. You don't have to have anxiety. Why? Because the revelation is that goodness and mercy are going to follow me. My expectation be greater. Why? Because I know what's around me. That ought to stir your heart to understand that the goodness and mercy is around you. Does that help your faith today? Come on, clap. That helps your faith. Come on, can you stand to your feet one moment? We're going to close here in a moment, but I would encourage you. Maybe this, this, just this simple illustration helped you understand that when the Lord is your shepherd, look this way. When the Lord is your shepherd, goodness mercy are going to follow you. Some of us just need to reframe and say, okay, God, I'm just going to worship you. Come on, slip up your hands right now and just worship him. Come on, slip up your hands right now as an act of praise and, and just say, God, Lord, lead me. God, guide me. Lord, I need you to reveal yourself to me each and every day. God, I need to have a stronger relationship with you, Jesus. Lord, I need you. I need you. Come on, just tell him today. We're going to sing just a few lines out of a song, but I'd encourage you, God, Lord, reveal yourself to each of us. Reveal yourself so that we can see you and we can see goodness and mercy around us. Come on, let's worship him for a moment. If you would like to give to this ministry, simply log on to our website at oceanwaychurch.com or check out our app where you can give as well. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us again next week.